Once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, getting you ready for the Holly Weird week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly. Hashtag MMO Weekly. Hashtag MMOW. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. Yo. Uh, this is October 29th, 2019. Mm-hmm. This is 41 years and four days after the release of Halloween. We were going to record an episode on the release date of Halloween, so I wouldn't have to include the day part of that, but... Uh, uh, we didn't because I went to the hospital. <laughs> that was a scary few hours, I guess. So, do you want to tell folks about it? It was a weird it scenario. It was so stupid. My uh, body is just failing. I'm Mr. Glass from uh, that M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, my, my foot acted up. I have all kinds of medical issues as it is. My foot was acting up. I thought I might have a blood clot. No, not a blood clot. Just, you know, your run-of-the-mill nerve damage from doing nothing, essentially. But uh, So I went to the ER for that, but uh, thank you to my co-host. Very understanding. Thank you to Film Twitter. Those of you that reached out, I put a tweet out in frustration about life and everybody was very very sweet and reacting yes. and very kind Thanks. so that was very nice of all of them so uh we're back that's why we had a little bit of a delay here and a little uh weekend off an extended weekend but we're here we're doing mmo weekly and we got some movie stuff to talk about today we got an oscar story right off the bat and sometimes we like to you know include those yeah. on mmow if it's if it's relevant if it's hot off the presses so here's some news of the week News, 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 So the Gold Globe submissions came out and the studios listed their preferences for where they would like their films to be considered, whether in the drama category or the comedy or musical category, Michael. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood went comedy. Hustlers and Jojo Rabbit as well. They were kind of the tweeners that we weren't. You know, 100% sure, mm-hmm. especially after last year where we had literal musicals in the drama category. <laughs> and and, and previous, women, yeah. Yeah, and previous years where it's like, all right, this movie's not that funny, but it's in the comedy right. or the musical category. This year, I think we would both agree Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is funny. Jojo Rabbit is supposed to be funny. Hustlers, I don't know how funny Hustlers is. It's, it's always a, funny when people get drugged. It's a performance <laughs> piece, I would say. Drugs... Or bad, folks. yeah. There's there's music in it. There's some comedy in it. There's I laughed. Right. In terms of the drama tweeners, that maybe we weren't quite sure. The two popes went drama. And that's Although it would have be been funny. hysterical if that went comedy. <laughs> or it would have been like something that I would have been super into. Like, oh my god, look how funny this is gonna be. <laughs> These popes are hysterical. I don't know why Bombshell was listed as a tweener in that Hollywood Reporter article, but Bombshell I would expect to be sure. a drama. Yep. The Lighthouse, on the other hand, I'm going to review it in a minute. Yes. Uh, I could see going either way because that movie was legitimately funny, but mm-hmm. that did go drama. Right. And I think that probably hurts its chances. So out of those six, do you think anybody really helped or, or hurt their causes? I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood better win. Right. I mean, that's my biggest That's my biggest reaction. I know I'm a, I'm a Quentin Tarantino stan and I have big hopes for that movie, but to me... It's always tougher when a film that's on the on the borderline goes comedy or musical because if you don't win, you got a much tougher hill to climb to have Oscars relevancy. So if you're going to go comedy or musical, and again, these are just the studio preferences. This right. isn't what these films will be listed as. It's ultimately up to the HFPA as far as what the classifications will be. So that could still be put into drama. I doubt it will be. I expect it to go comedy or musical. But if it's going to go comedy or musical, it better win if it wants to make headway into the big six categories at the Oscars. And let's look at that category for a hot minute here. Book Smart, Dolomite is my name, Cats. Oh, Jesus Knives, Can you imagine Cats? Knives Out, <laughs> Uncut Gems, Rocket Man, Yesterday, Peanut Butter Falcon, I would say, mm-hmm. are the bigger names in that category other than the two we mentioned. But if I have to guess, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood versus Jojo Rabbit, that's going to be the deciding battle. Sure. Uh, we've seen both of them have kind of a prestigious run-up to the bigger award mm-hmm. shows, so... They're going to be there at Best Picture at the end. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to be nominated for Best Picture. Yes. I think we can all agree on that. It's going to be nominated in a couple categories. I would expect Jojo Rabbit to be there as well. Mm-hmm. Clearly, not that there's a lot of overlap or a lot of you know crossover between the Academy and the HFPA voting bodies. There's, I think, one member that's one person that's a member of both, but or at least that's how it was last year. But 
it's 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 clear that what happens at the Golden Globes does influence the, the Oscars it voting. It does, and go back to our like previous Golden Globes coverage because yeah. I think we did some statistical breakdowns. Right. We did a lot on the precedent of that award show, and then of course. After we, you know, did all those stats in the preview episodes, everything was blown yes. out of the water and blew our minds because Bo Rap won. The schmoozing of Bo Rap. Oh, my yeah, God. Right. So couldn't you see something like Dolomite Is My Name, which got a recent bump in terms of the buzz, be in that category? Like, I see it as one of the best five movies in that category as it is, probably, at least in terms of my grades. And then I could see Eddie Murphy doing the schmooze thing. He's a huge star. Hollywood forming yeah. foreign press being charmed. See, there. that wouldn't surprise me. The Eddie Murphy, if Eddie Murphy were to procure a Best Actor nomination or even win, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him procure a nomination <laughs> at the Oscars sure. for Best Actor. So, no, that wouldn't surprise me. That's a narrative that I think makes a lot of sense. Getting Dolomite Is My Name winning Best Picture, maybe out of respect for Eddie Murphy, maybe out of respect for Ruthie Carter, uh, that type of stuff. I could guess I could see that narrative forming, but I think that would be a massive upset if that does well over, or at least won a Golden Globe for Best Picture over a Jojo Rabbit, over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that type of thing. That would be tough to, to see. I, I would agree with you, I think, but I, I do think the star power of Eddie Murphy is going to have something to say about and this And he's going to be around season. in the winter. I mean, yes. his big SNL comeback is going to be the Christmas show, yes, so is. he's going to be relevant all throughout. So in terms of the drama category, 1917 is something nobody has really seen yet. Mm-hmm. At Astro, the Bank. Anchor, a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Bombshell, like I mentioned, Clemency, Dark Waters, Ford v. Ferrari, The Good Liar, Harriet, Harriet Hidden Life, Honey Boy, Irishman, and Joker, Judy, Just Mercy, The King, The Lighthouse, Little Women, Marriage Story, Queen and Slim, The Report, I'm excelling while I'm doing this, Richard Jewell to Two Popes, Us Waves. Oh. <laughs> so maybe it's a good thing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Comedy Musical. I think it is a good yeah, thing, because that is a loaded, in terms of depth, in terms of depth of contenders, sure. let's just say... Irishman is probably the, the you know the front runner in that category. I would bet right now, but you'd never know with the Golden Globes, Ford v Ferrari. You know, a movie like Little Women could be a late breaker, and of course, Marriage Story. There, sure. Here's an interesting additional caveat: The Farewell, Parasite, Pain and Glory. They're not in English, so they're not eligible for either comedy or musical or drama categories. Now we have a one-two punch in this international feature category between Parasite and The Farewell in terms of overall Best Picture Oscar contenders. Yeah. I'd give Pain and Glory a puncher's chance in a few categories, screenplay and actor as well. So we're going to see Parasite either win with a major defeat on its hands. You know, it defeated The Farewell. Right, head-to-head so head there. Yeah, it'll defeat The Farewell head-to-head, head and that'll give it some more points. Or, if The Farewell pulls the upset, we're going to have a legitimate contender rise out of that category. I don't think it's a surprise to hear that uh, which one I'm pulling for there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, and it's, it's interesting. I'm surprised The Farewell... I don't understand why it's only classified as an international feature and because it was shot on location, I guess? Or? Uh, because it's in a, a foreign language, says uh. our buddy Mr. Feinberg. All right. Well. So, unfortunately, it's stuck in this category. But that, all that being said, if it does get that win, it means something sure. for either Parasite or The Farewell. But we're going to follow up on the next Oscar race checkpoint. we got Gotham Award noms, Middleburg, and Rome Film Festivals to look at. So, stay tuned little Oscar intro to this episode. We're still going forward thinking Middleburg's a real place, huh? I know it's a name of something. That's all I do. (laughs) No. This is what we're watching. There you go. All right, Michael. What we're watching, you have a big review. This was going to be an OSP. Life got in the way. My body failing got in the way. So give us your take. You did see The Lighthouse. What did you think? So this would have been the perfect movie for us. Oh, yeah? You You and I. Because it's basically the best roommate movie ever it <laughs> okay. is the the or the worst roommate movie right. ever because it's a roommate horror movie and we have gotten sick of each other many a times throughout our you know two and a half year run and we have driven each other crazy yes and th- it is a metaphor for our existence up to this point that's all i'll say you'll watch the movie and laugh all the harder because i just said that <laughs> I think this movie is better than people are giving it credit for in the Oscars race. Like, number one, my grade at the end of the day, B plus 87, 88. Oh, wow. Okay. Really enjoyed it. 
I think the plot is surprisingly comprehensible. So this we were thinking about, do we have to study this movie over the whole right. weekend before we review it? I don't think that's the case. It's not like Midsommar to me. It's not like Us even. Like We had to see those movies a couple times. Are there horror aspects oh, to yes. this? Yeah? Oh, okay. yes. No question about so it. So it's not it, just a straight comedy or lunatic it movie. It is funny, though, as okay. well. So it's both of those things. Right. It's a slow starter, and then it really ramps up, which I, I enjoyed, I think. And it really, you know, kind of bogs you into the atmosphere at first. And then once you get going, it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, but but it's also disturbing. And, Mike, what a wacky finish. Uh, you'll like this movie, I hope, I think. And I do think it might be destined to be a college dorm room classic. Because, oh, really? Because it, it is that awesomely great roommate story. You have to be sick of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to this level, to understand this. And so I thank you, Mike One. I'm working my way through your entire family, getting for, you sick of me. Right? Uh, me. Your brother's checked off, you're yeah, checked off. I like this movie. You made me like this movie. You well, completed my movie viewing experience of this movie. You're very welcome. Uh, so I know it's always tough to prognosticate, especially with a movie that this that's this kind of... Bat shit, but yeah. do you think this has any kind of Oscars legs? Does it make any sense to have any Oscars legs? I'm rooting for Willem Dafoe, the hardest. He's in my top five right now, but we got some heavy hitters to come out and best and supporting. That would be supporting. Actor. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Pattinson's gonna get it. Like I said, of that category, there's probably a big four. And I, I would put him behind. I did put him behind a couple other actors, including Eddie Murphy and Antonio Banderas okay. at the moment. So He's not gonna crack my top five. It's it's impossible because he's already like eight. Okay. I think Willem Dafoe's gonna have a that puncher's chance because he's just been knocking on the door, knocking on the yeah, door. He is a favorite. A lot of people do. Uh, are big fans of him. What about the? Uh, I mean, I can't imagine there's a more original script that the than the Eggers brothers puts together here. But well, it's also kind of based in mythology. So I mean, yeah, it's original, but it's it's original. Yeah, it's a, let's just say it's original. <laughs> I think you watch a couple YouTube videos afterwards, and you kind of get it. It's okay. not it's not a hard movie to get unless I'm really just overconfident. And that's something, I mean, I know you touched on that, but that's something we did talk about going in. Is this going to be just, you know, is it tentacled Robert Pattinson like we saw in the preview? Is that going to be something that just blows our mind that's going to take forever to digest and understand? I went into it with this POV, and I heard this going in. Like, the director's tipping off when hallucinations or dreams or all that stuff is happening, so you can kind of get a sense of what's real and what's not. There's still some big questions in that regard, real or not, but I, I think if you watch the movie through a certain interpretation, mm-hmm. or at least I did, uh, I don't have a problem comprehending the film. How do we feel about like mermaid sex? Are we still pro mermaid sex? I know coming off the Shape of Water, we were like con merman sex. <laughs> um, I've always been pro fish sex. <laughs> I just you're the you're the con fish. Sex I am. Guy. I very much so am. So this didn't yeah. change my you know. Interpretation. <laughs> so your stance on on aquatic sex still remains. Aquatic sex, it just it's fine with me. I mean, I look at the handmaiden, I might go against it, <laughs> but that's octopi. I don't know. If that, Naturally, it's a slight spoiler, but it's not really. Right, it is. I don't know. That movie. <laughs> We're fuck, here now. That anyway, movie fucked me up. So th- that's where I stand. All right, so hard line. I'm not sitting on a fence there. You always break my balls. Right, no, you're right. You're definitely taking a stance. It's fine. I'm glad that we found one thing. Um, so as far as watch or don't watch, you're very in favor of the lighthouse. Yeah, watch the lighthouse and then be mad at me when half of you hate it. (laughs) Because this is like one of those movies I'm a little afraid of recommending hard because I like it because I'm a weirdo. Right. I like this genre. So it's still off base. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Gotcha. It's batshit. So right. you got to be ready for that kind and of And because it's so batshit, I would imagine that's why it probably won't make a lot of noise. Yeah. But again, it's always tough. Who knows what the Academy will get behind uh, and who knows what people will get behind once uh, once it gets out there. There's so many different narratives that can run with. What else we got? What would you watch this week, Mike? Okay, I caught up on some classic horror movies, first and foremost here. I watched The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. It's on Netflix. I had shamefully never seen it previously. It's a tough watch, man. Not a great watch. I'll be honest with you. I I respect what it's doing. Yeah. And I can see like the filmmaking prowess here and why it's such a big hit. Because there are moments that shook me to the core. Like when Leatherface, you see him for the first time. Oh my god! Yeah, especially sla- that quick zoom that goes slamming in, yeah. doors. That was terrifying. Especially, I mean, early seventies. This is pre Michael Myers. This is pre a lot of horror stuff. 
All I could think of while I was watching this during the Knicks-Celtics game was that I (laughs) should have watched this during the (laughs) Knicks-Spurs game because that was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre by the Knicks screwing that game up at the end. Right. I should have watched the Boston Strangler during the Knicks Celtics. I see. Very good. I think I'm going to watch horror movies based on cities while the Knicks Knicks are playing other teams. But I'm trying to watch the Knicks, and I'm doing a thing where I'm doing like Knicks and Netflix. I got to come up with a catchphrase. Knicks and Netflix. I like that. I've been watching Netflix on my laptop, and I've been watching the Knicks on the screen. You may have just introduced a whole new series for us to like uh, (laughs) break down here. When RJ Barrett is scoring, I'm liking the movie more. Right. Look, I, I. I think there are too many hateable characters in this, and it's really manipulative in the sense that I'm gonna hate these characters, so I'm not upset when they die, kind of thing. And I know every horror movie ever has done this, and to make matters worse, they're really bad actors. So yeah, that, really that frustrated was. Me. We didn't get good acting in horror movies. Like it started in the '70s, and I don't think it ended until what a was the years ago. <laughs> scene? That was my least favorite scene in like ten years. I was just so angry at that actor in that scene. Like, why was that his choice? Did you spit in the air ad nauseum? It's uh, terrible. I have a lot of issues with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's 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 not one of I'm a big horror guy. It's not high on my list as far as things I enjoy. I like the remake. The 2003 remake I thought was scary as hell. I like the remake too. I thought Jessica Biel yeah. was good in that. I like the ending of this movie. I think they dwelled in the crazy for yeah. too long. Like that that third act is way too long, drawn out. And I, I agree been, with you about uh, not likable characters. That yeah, like, yeah, it should have been ten minutes sooner. But like the setup was great. The, the stuff with uh, Leatherface was great and scary and horrifying. And then the ending was great and scary and horrifying. Just give me less screaming, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Le- much less screaming. Didn't rely on that awful. But then there's a big one-two, you know, switcheroo on you that's really good. I, uh, the stuff that I really respect about the film, and I can see why people love it, I just didn't enjoy my experience. Yeah, and it was a, it was kind of groundbreaking at the time too. Like we said, early right. mid seventies, so a lot of stuff that hadn't been done before. But let's uh, Halloween's coming up in a couple of days. What are some other movies that people can watch, Michael? I watched Creature from the Black Lagoon. So you watched Shape of Water, nineteen fifty four, and twenty seventeen, the, the Wolfman from uh, nineteen forty one. This Wolfman had to be better than the Benicio del Toro remake. Everything is. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins would even agree. Good, good. So I love the production values of both these movies. Like the costumes and the sets are a lot of fun. The lighting in the Wolfman, that was a highlight. Both of these movies, whether it's kind of accidental or in a progressive sense, they're criticisms of toxic masculinity, which I enjoy. Oh, wow. Good. In terms of the classic movie monsters, though, I am so Team Frankenstein. I oh, really? Am. I just am. Yeah. I see why people really like the Black Lagoon stuff. Like, that claw was scary. It was legitimately scary from a 1954 movie. Like, Mm -hmm. whenever they're showing his claw, whenever they're showing the rest of the costume, not so much. Not so much, yeah. And then the actual, you know, guy's persona in real life was scarier than the Wolfman character in the movie. Like, he was a bigger douche as a regular regular guy. You have a couple classics here, so I think this is an interesting C by skip. I mean, Texas Chainsaw is 20 years after Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Wolfman here, but if you had to see by skip with these classic monster introductions on the silver screen, see by skip Creature from the Black Lagoon, Wolfman, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I would see Texas Chainsaw Massacre again. I'm skipping the Wolfman. You know, oh really? Kind of. I kind of like the production values m- most in that movie, but Creature from the Black Lagoon has kind of some of the most interesting plot points and thematics. Cool. I would buy that, and I would. I'd be most curious to like study that one. I guess I should say. What spurred your watching for these classic horror movies? Just because it is the season? Almost dying of natural causes, probably. Because <laughs> okay, I wouldn't have bought, bought them unless. And I was like, I got to do something productive with my morning. <laughs> Mike's not going to record with me later, so I'm already ready. I watched both. I watched them both uh, Sunday morning. Oh, good. All right. So nice one. Nice little Sunday there. That's what I did with my Sunday morning. How about some modern horror movies? I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I'm sorry. It does not deliver. The kills are lame. The resolution is silly. There's unintentional comedy that's not even that funny. Worst of all, it's just never scary. And that's mm. what I thought the movie was at least going to give me. Right. It did well at the box office. I figured it right. would, you know, scared some people. I, I don't care if you tell this story in the dark or in broad daylight. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Sorry. Mediocre stories to tell in the mid-afternoon. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> Here's an even worse movie, Mike. The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Big Oh, Man. no. This wasn't good? One of the funnier and campier titles, I think we sure. both would agree. Yeah. 
It has Sam Elliott yeah. in it. So you get that awesomely bad, campy feel. Like, if he's just doing the core commercial voice the whole movie, <laughs> that in a weird movie is going to be great. Bigfoot. He's giving his Oscar-grabby performance here, Mike. It makes no That's sense. That's not good. The tone of this movie is a tribute to the World War II greatest generation. Right. That is a colossal fuck-up for a movie entitled Whatever, Whatever, Hitler, and then Bigfoot. <laughs> it is the Emancipation the, the, of... Dumbest decision. It's yeah. like, I mean, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter being that serious tone, which was idiotic. And the Bigfoot of the traveling pants. And then Bigfoot is a teeny tiny skinny Bigfoot. Oh, no. That's not Bigfoot. Thing. That's not Bigfoot. It's not Bigfoot. That's disappointing. I heard some good things about this movie and some people that liked it. I would have thought they would lean into that camp, but. It's a medium foot. Uh, again, <laughs> you know, you have mediocre stories to tell in the whatever dusk, and then you have. The man who killed Hitler and then medium foot. <laughs> medium foot. It's terrible. A lot of middle of the road stuff here. For and these then like movies. the whole Hitler thing is like, oh, by the way, you also killed Hitler. So it's not even a big part of the movie? Yeah, it's a big part of the movie, but it's mostly just him being an old guy without a family in the first 90 minutes. Not something you'll ever watch again. Never. Okay. Speaking of movies, I will never watch again. No! The Banana Splits <laughs> No! Movie. There is potential here. Like, yeah. you have Barney the Dinosaur, if you have, whatever, Blue's Clues, and you have all those mascots, yeah. and they become killers. Like, they become crazed personas inside of the mascot. Sure. Like, you could see those people going off the reservation. Absolutely. You, they're robots. Yeah. And you see this in the trailer, and I should have remembered it. So you have an inhuman bunch of robots killing a bunch of hateable characters. Yeah, but even that, I mean, the hateable characters part, but even if they're robots, like the animatronic, like, Chuck E. Cheese band that we all grew up with, those going evil could be a decent story. I wanted every single child, every audience <laughs> member, every mom, every dad, every character in this movie to die. Destroy! Destroy! I hated them all. None of them were, they didn't even have a curve to them, never mind being rounded. Mm. So it's just... Is terrible. This is me being a snooty Oscar critic. If you like this movie, I'm sorry. This was not for me. I was debating whether because I know some people like it. Right. I, I just I know some friends of ours just tweeted right. at us who I love and who we're going to mention later. I'm not going to call them right now, <laughs> but I just could not go in for this movie at all. So you had three classic horror movies to start, three relatively new and I guess subpar horror movies. But see, by skip nonetheless, if you had to, scary stories to tell in the dark, man who killed Hitler in the traveling pants, and the banana splits movie. <laughs> uh, see by skip those. I guess. Scary stories to tell in the dark. I'd have to buy. Really? I'd, oh I'd, boy! Uh, this is awful. I yeah. would have to see the man who killed Hitler. <laughs> I'm not happy again. asking it. <laughs> and then I would, I would definitely skip. There's like no trio of movies where I wouldn't skip the Banana Splits film. Oh, I'm gonna have to keep that one in the old memory. Bank I will never for the watch next that time. Again. You're you're down on some movies. All right. Uh, so let's turn it positive. What's the best thing you did watch this week? Well, week? if it's not the Lighthouse, because that's probably is mm -hmm. the best thing I watched this week. The Netflix comedy special Jenny Slate. Stage fright. I Mike. wanted to watch that. I almost clicked play a couple times. I love her so much. She's yeah. goofy. She's funny. I mean, the the comedy is kind of like Conan O'Brien's silliness, mm -hmm. which I love. You know, I, she's from a lot of good stuff. She's too. awesome. I mean, all the Nick Kroll stuff is hilarious. Her her voice acting and Big Mouth, the Kroll show, of course. Uh, she's got that edginess to her too. Apparently. If you're looking for a Halloween comedy special, like this one does fit. Like her childhood home was haunted as a kid. Oh, for she real? She makes many <laughs> jokes about that. So there's some funny Halloween stories here too. So it fits with the whole theme. I, all the horror movies right up top in my What We're Watching. I know you got a huge What We're Watching yeah. too. This is like the... The most of we, what we've ever watched. I had some downtime, as you can imagine. <laughs> well, you uh, were laid up. Right. My my instructions have been to like basically sit with my foot up for a week. I so. think the doctor prescribed you watch 14 movies. Which is, which yeah, is which did. I lived up to. All right. Let's run these down quickly. Uh, I started with the classic Fright Night, not the updated version. The oh, good. from the 80s. I like the old one. I loved it. I, I absolutely really, loved it. It's really campy. Enjoyed. It was fun. The, the bad guy. <laughs> I mean, this is... If Dennis from Always Sunny was like a vampire <laughs> at night, I couldn't stop thinking about He's that. He's great. He's yeah. great. Uh, the Haunting in Connecticut, I've seen it before. I had it on the background. I watched a bunch of Halloween movies. Uh, H2O, Halloween the original, H2O, and Halloween 4, I all watched. So, Mike, you do a Halloween rewatch every year then, basically. Yeah, yeah I do. You do this every I year. I try to watch a new horror series every year that I haven't seen yet. Okay. 
Um, and some years I just end up rewatching Halloween, and this is going to be one of those years. Apparently. So if the first movie's a downer, <laughs> right? It's just I slide into it. I couldn't decide. I should watch. I might watch The Omen. Maybe I'll watch The Omen because I have that on a box set. I've never seen the old ones. Okay, but uh, I did, maybe I'll watch that. But if not, I'll just one solid finish the Halloweens, and that's what I'll watch. <laughs> uh, I watched Hell House LLC. Found footage movies, if they're done right, scare the hell out of me. Right. This one is very, very creepy. I highly Good. recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, definitely worth your time. A lot of fun. It's creepy as shit. There's a trilogy. I read up on two and three. I have no interest in seeing those. But the first one, decent scores. Is it just called LLC 2 or LLC? The second one is Hell House LLC 2. And then the third one, I think, is just Hell House 3. I was trying to think of a business term. What's better Inc. than LLC? Inc. Yeah. Then... Hell House S Corp. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched The Exorcist 3 because I had to. Why? I, I, listen, the movie's terrible. It's terrible. George C. Scott is an animal. He's, he's, <laughs> he's fun, yes. He is bringing it. I mean, you want to talk about Oscar performances in movies that don't belong. But here's the thing. Funniest falling down the stairs scene ever. Yeah, right? yeah it's up there. <laughs> That's easily the funniest falling down the stairs scene ever. It had some creepy moments. I don't know that I'll ever see it again. So, worse Exorcist fact. Was the score in Exorcist 2 worse than Exorcist 3 as a movie? Have I ever seen? I don't think I've ever seen Exorcist 2. Have you seen Exorcist 2? All right, you're going to have to listen to the score, and maybe folks, you know, get it back at us. How bad is... The score for Exorcist 2. I think it's the worst. Why? Do they butcher? They don't use the regular score? It's just like people going, ah! No! Why would they do that? Don't do that! It's the worst decision for music in a horror movie I've ever seen. And The Exorcist has such an iconic, high-pitched piano-type score, that that theme music. It is the dumbest musical score I've ever, ever experienced. I don't like that. All right, but well. But Exorcist 3 has some dumb things in it, too. Absolutely, right? yes. William Peter Blatty is not a feature film director. No. He screwed that one no. up. It's not great. He's a good uh, writer. Good writer. Not a feature film director. I watched the uh, the follow-up of Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day 2, you. You, okay. So I, I'm curious about this. How, how'd you like it? Not as good as the first one. It's good. It's solid. It, it does its part. But it's the finale is basically... An idea I've always had for a horror movie, so that yeah. was kind of cool to see that play out. Um, hmm. But it's not, you know, you can go your life without ever seeing it. If you see, the, I, I would recommend definitely see the first one. I mean, the first one I think is kind of unique and something new. This one is basically Same just thing. a retread. Yeah, okay, it's that's just, unfortunate. It's the greatest hits played over again. So yeah, I don't. I gave it like a seventy-five C, hard C. Okay. Uh, nothing great, nothing. To eat. Oh, I forgot uh, Halloween eighteen. I watched that again uh, from twenty eighteen. Oh, good. Uh, it's like my sixth or seventh time watching it. This is the first time I watched it where I was just like. That's not good. Oh, really? <laughs> I watched something that so was like... So it took to yeah, the sixth yeah. watch before you <laughs> yeah. started to get, like, get my bias out. out of the way. Yes. Wow. I was like, that shouldn't be. I actually had a problem with one or two things about it that I didn't in the first 72 or 73 watches. as a person and a professional. No, I'm breaking your balls because I like that movie too. I love it. And I great. had a total bias. Yeah. It's, it's tough not to and I can't wait to. Well, I know once we get the first trailer for Halloween Kills, right. I'll be all over it again. So I watched Satanic Panic. Mm. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be, and it's a lot of fun, and it's definitely worthy of being in your horror rotation. It's a great Halloween movie. Good. It's it's creepy. It's not really scary ever. It's like body possession-y. Uh, I am in love <laughs> with Haley Griffith, okay, who's good. the lead, uh, the young woman who's the lead of this movie. She is adorable. I want to see her in everything from now on. She's a great scream queen too, a great like final girl to have. Found a future star. Yes, and hopefully a future wife as well. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Tried to give you a less creepy out. I I I I adore her. She's awesome. I watched uh, Before I Wake, which is a Mike Flanagan because Doctor Strange got all these rave reviews. So it's an old older Mike Flanagan movie. It's solid. I can't wait to see Doctor Sleep. I'm glad to hear all the rumblings we hear about Doctor Sleep. How it's a worthy sequel of The the Shining. I can't believe. Shocked, shocked about yeah. how high quality it sounds like it is. Uh, something that we're definitely going to have to check out for ourselves. I, Mike Flanagan, really solid horror movie director. Yes, uh, sir. Sh- probably shouldn't be all that surprised. That's all us. Best thing I watched this week, it's a Netflix movie, Await Further Instructions. I think it's great. It's creepy. It's 
a very big commentary on the role technology plays in our lives and how news and is disseminated and spread and how fake news can kind of easily wrap us up and take us down and it's a horror movie that's kind of like the backdrop to it the premise is that this family kind of gets locked down in their own house and mm -hmm. their television is sending them instructions on how to act hmm. and it's all about whether or not you believe the government is involved or whether or not you believe the television it's it's I like wild that premise yeah it goes off base it gets it gets wacky at the end but i thought it was great and i would probably watch it again uh, and just to finish up, I did watch Barbarian Sound Studio, movie from Peter Strickland, who did the In Fabric movie. Uh, oh, good. Toby Jones. How was that? I was disappointed by it, uh, but I get it. Like, I get why people are so... It's got see an 80, the talent. Yeah, the it's got an 80 meta rating. Okay. So a lot of people are very high yeah. on it, and I understand why it just didn't work for me. Because we're excited about December 6th and In Fabric yes. coming out, because it's a horror movie about an evil-possessed dress. Looks batshit. The trailer, we reviewed it a while back, and yes. we're really excited about that movie, so... I'm a little upset that his, you know, his first film didn't. Because I was excited to hear you watched it. Right, right. You were texting me. I, 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 I can see why people enjoy it. Okay. And there's a lot of different takes. It's very modern, too. There's a whole toxic masculinity thing in that as well. Hmm. Uh, so I get why it works. It just didn't work for me. Okay. Uh, and the last thing I watched was another one I watched on VOD uh, called The Void. Uh, Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky, they mm -hmm. were actually involved in the art department for The Shape of Water. They wrote and directed a movie called The Void. The poster's wacky, right? It's a wacky movie. It's like a Hellraiser-esque movie. Uh. Uh, but it fits well with Halloween, and uh, now I'm here. All right, so <laughs> see, see by skip yeah. of kind of a couple indie movies that you saw for the first time. Sure. Satanic Panic. Await further instructions. Ooh. Hell House LLC, mm. but you can put the void in there. So these are movies that are kind of deep cuts, that are pleasant surprises for folks, mm. that, for vintage horror fans. Satanic Panic, Await Further Instructions, Hell House LLC. Ah, that's tough. I don't want to skip any of them. Um, I, I will probably... The, the, the one I'll rewatch probably soonest mm -hmm. is probably Satanic Panic. Okay, cool. Because that's just campy. It's like old school horror fun. Mm. And also, I'm in love with with Haley Griffith. Yeah, that's you said in there that. too you as well. Yeah. Uh, and Clark Wolf plays her. I, I adore Clark Wolf as well, and she plays a role in this that is quite unlike what I expected her to play. Okay, it's hilarious. So uh, there's a lot of good things. Jerry O'Connell's in it. Rebecca remains in it as a main character. Arden Marine plays a big role in it. A lot of people I like and, and enjoy. Uh, good. So I probably buy Satanic Panic. I really don't want to skip Hell House, but I think I'm going to have to for this. Oh, That's wow. a tough one. So yeah, I would see Await Further Instructions again. I'd probably skip Hell House, but don't skip Hell House LLC. It's a great, scary movie. Wow, you backed out of that one. Yeah. But, uh, that's, no, that's cool, because I mean, we're always looking for those deep cuts. So. Right. That's wow. why I, I try to get on top of a lot of scary movies and get in the mood this uh, these last couple days of October here. So are we an hour and 20 minutes into the show already? Yeah, we're about that. All right. Well, we got a lot of audience interaction, too. It was a great week for Six Degrees of MMO. We had uh, Zoe Kravitz going to Paul F. Tompkins for Six Degrees of MMO this week, Michael. Yeah, uh, let's dive right in here. Yeah, go ahead. Efficiency Awards. The Nomcast, Andrew over there at Nomcast Pod, said Zoe Kravitz was in Mad Max Fury Road with Charlize Theron, who was in Young Adult with Pat Oswalt. Oswalt was in BoJack horseman with paul tompkins and do check out my guest appearance on the nomcast netflix original movies podcast and as we reviewed the uh laundromat andrew and i i just you know he's very efficient here one two three four and he does a great podcast <laughs> and, as well and a quick shout out for you and your guest appearance work i like yeah. how you work that in and you've been doing awesome on the guest appearance circuit uh you've been it's been fun yeah, yeah. i mean i'm gonna do it more often now especially if we kind of scale back to yeah. we we're talking about like seven episodes every two weeks yeah probably what we're gonna we'll do we'll see if that happens <laughs> Jay at Jay Skipworth, he's also been a frequent flyer, Zoe Kravitz, was in Big Little Lies with Reese Witherspoon, who appeared in a variety actors on actors with Michael Keaton, who was in Jack Frost, which also featured Paul F. Tompkins. That's really cool. Like, he was interviewing another actor, actors on actors. And I love those those videos, too. I watch those all the time, the actors interviewing actors. Dakota Johnson did one with Army Hammer, which was yes. fascinating. I, I do. I watch those <laughs> in the preps of OSPs, too. The Jim Reaper at Jim, B-O-C-C-P-A-S-F-186. He says, Zoe is in Lego Batman with Arnett, who is in BoJack with Tompkins. Boom. I love when people accentuate their own, uh, <laughs> boom. One, two, three. Jim Reaper. <laughs> F from Winslow, at Hayden underscore Petty. And I get his handle now. Okay. After the Lighthouse. 
FYI. Oh, I see. All right. A little inside joke there. Yeah, I gotcha. It's a good one. Uh, if we can use future films, he says, Paul F. Tompkins in There Will Be Blood with Paul Dano, who is going to be with Kravitz in The Batman, which, of course, we just talked about last week. That's where the Six Degrees comes from. It absolutely comes from those two actors. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he used them both, and he <laughs> listens to our show, which is really cool, because we put that on his mind. Haunter's Podcast, at Haunter's Pod, they say Zoe Kravitz in X-Men First Class with Jennifer Lawrence. J-Law was in American Hustle with Amy Adams, and she was in... Tenacious D with Paul F. Tompkins. I guess that's the pick of De- Destiny, not in the actual I was gonna, band. Like the band? <laughs> Amy Adams is on the bass? No, somebody else has got to reference Amy Adams in the pick of Destiny and gush over it. But Haunter's Podcast, one of the first to mention. Interesting. Tenacious D, I pick of Destiny. I would pay to see Amy Adams play. Like go on tour with Tenacious D, the band, though. Multiple people mentioned Jack Frost with Michael Keaton and Tenacious <laughs> D, the pick of Destiny with Paul F. Tompkins. Just kudos to you people. That's phenomenal. The Cinema Guys, at the Cinema Guys, coming back to the fold with efficiency, they say, Paul F. Tompkins was a voice entangled with Ron Perlman, who was in Fantastic Beefs with Zoe Kravitz. Beefs. <laughs> No, I think Tangled is still the lone holdout in Disney Animation Studio films that I've never seen. That's the I one. Don't, yeah, you might. I don't think I've ever seen it either. I literally went through that list when we did the top fives mm. of Disney Animation Studio, which is a hit. So that's episode, the only the Disney animated movie you've never seen. People love that huh. episode we did, and we cover like all the best songs yeah. and all the best movies of the of those Disney animated, you know, features before we dove into Pixar. That was like the one that I never seen. But now you can't. Like now you have to. You have to hold out. Don't I have to see it? No, you can't. You can't. that can has I to brag be a about that. Wouldn't you brag about that to me every day if you've seen like fifty movies in a series? No, <laughs> I would hold out for one out of grudgment. <laughs> you would. Wow, that's a strange mind you have. I've never seen Back to the Future, Mike, and I'm still holding strong on that. Who because... told you something that pissed you off about Back to the Future? Nobody, but now I just can't see it. So I can't see Tangled, I guess. <laughs> Cinema guys, at least you, you got this on the table for me. I can't see it, and I keep having to mispronounce Fantastic Beefs. There you go. TD at Tony D81 says, always aiming for efficiency as well. Zoe Kravitz was Catwoman already as a voice in the Lego Batman with Galifianakis, who was the Joker, and he stars in Between Two Firms with, uh, Firms or Ferns, with Paul F. Tompkins. Zach Galifianakis, a great legal mind, uh, <laughs> holding many firms. Teresa Seidenberg at Wookie Lover. Yeah. There's so many great handles out there. Zoe is in Californication with Mary Lynn Rashkub. Uh, who a lot was of consonants in that name. Mary in Mr. Show with Paul F. Tompkins. That is very quick. Excellent actress, yeah. by the way. Mary Lynn. Uh, this is the You're the Best Around <laughs> Award because Swamp Thing mentioned so many great movies here, and I'm going to say it in my auctioneer voice. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz and Paul F. Tompkins through some of the best movies or TV shows of this decade. Kravitz and Fury Road with Riley Keough, Under the Silver Lake with Andrew Garfield, Social Network, Rashida Jones, Parks and Rec, Nick Offerman, Me, You're on the Dying Girl, Olivia Cooke, Thoroughbreds, Anya Taylor-Joy, The Witch, Ralph Innocent, Chernobyl, Jesse Buckley, Beast, Geraldine James, Utopia, Michael Smiley Lobster, Olivia Colin Fleabag, Andrew Scott, Black Mirror, Daniel Kaluuya, get out. He did that almost in one breath. Two breaths. Yeah, he took his second breath there, but yeah, I was, that was a great job. I was throwing for you. Good job. I, that was a breath that I couldn't avoid taking. Right. No, I you were was going to you're die. going to die. Yeah. I had to take <laughs> that, that breath. Was a breath. It was an life. awkward breath. It was a breath of life. Yes. Uh, the Scrooge McDuck Award. Robert Duck is back. Robert Doherty. Robert Duck, 1984. Kravitz's dad, Lenny, was in Catching Fire with Jennifer Lawrence, who's in American Hustle with De Niro, who's in The Irishman from Scorsese, who made Wolf of Wall Street with Margot Robbie, who's in Mary Queen of Scots with David Tennant, who's in DuckTales, where Tompkins did a guest voice of the updated DuckTales woohoo. You know, I gotta take that back, because Lenny Kravitz was awesome in the Hunger Games movies. Oh, was he? I was just throwing shade on Lenny Kravitz being a bad actor because I thought it was just like Hunger Games alright he's cool but now I'm remembering he plays a major character huh. and I'm very upset with myself should I watch the Hunger Games instead of Back to the Future why did I have that impulse <laughs> of trolling Lenny Kravitz Mike I don't care about your question because you don't answer my question you, you, you're a bad person <laughs> I guess I am, but we're taking all the you know the credit away from Robert Doc here because he mentioned David Tennant and Ducktales. Woohoo! Yeah, 
and DuckTales. Like, we watch DuckTales One of the greatest cartoon theme songs in history. One of the greatest. Yeah. One of the greatest, greatest like, theme song montages. Mm-hmm. And I referenced that Scrooge, that Scrooge McDuck uh, dive often. Here's the thing. Did it do modern society, though? Like, is the Wall Street crisis, the, the, the all financial crisis right. of 07, did yeah. that happen because we all grew up watching Just because of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Pretty much. It's an interesting question. Probably. These are the questions we ask here on MMO. The Amy Adams Award, because, and we just titled the, the award after her, because we better name an award after her, for her because she's not going to get anything hey! named after anybody else. <laughs> Bill Brasky at Bill Brasky 2620. Zoe Kravitz's mom, Lisa Bonet, is now married to Jason Momoa. I was Momoa. shocked to see that. Momoa was in Justice League with Amy Adams, who played, quote, gorgeous woman in Tenacious D, the pick of destiny, parentheses, perhaps her finest role. <laughs> you believe he said that? Pick of destiny also featured Paul F. Tompkins as, quote, character named Open Mike Host. Yeah, I like the commentary that he added into his own entry there. It makes our job ten times easier. That was efficient. We've already seen Zoe Kravitz's dad get referenced. Now Lisa Bonet, who is one of my favorite sitcom actresses ever, and one of my favorite actresses, period, in High Fidelity. She is great. I cannot believe Jason Momoa is Zoe Kravitz's stepfather. Is that how that works? Yeah. Crazy. Isn't that weird? Yeah. All right. Let's go into the David Lynch Awards. If you can, you might as well, Lisa. (laughs) The right pick. Spooky Scary Nolan at Nolan Roberts 17, Zoe Kravitz, is in The Crimes of Grindelwald with Eddie Redmayne, who was in The Masterpiece Jupiter Ascending (laughs) with Mila Kunis, who was in Black Swan with Natalie Portman, who was in Garden State directed by Zach Braff, who was on Scrubs with Sarah Chalk, who was in Rick and Morty, co-created by Dan Harmon, who also created the D&D web series Harmon's Quest of Witch, Paul F. Tom. Tompkins had a guest role. So we got Scrubs in there. Ooh. We got Eddie Redmayne in bad movies that are called masterpieces by fans. Yeah, and Harmon's Quest, which is entertaining. And Harmon's Quest, uh. I, I, which is a strange connection right there at the end. <laughs> so that's why I made it the, the right peak of David Lynch. The left peak is going to Dark Nook at Dark Nook Shop. And he says... Zoe Kravitz voiced Mary Jane in Into the Spider-Verse with John Mulaney, who voices Spider-Pig. Mulaney <laughs> also voices Andrew and Big Mouth with Nick Kroll, Jordan Peele, Fred Armisen, and Jason Matsukas, all of whom also do voices wow. on Bob's Burgers, where Paul F. Tompkins voices Randy. That's awesome. So Great job. One, two, three, four. Yeah. So that's efficient. That's weird. We love Dark Knight. Yeah, that's getting a lot done in a little time. I like that a lot. Uh, uh, just a quick note, the novel of the week this week goes to At Film Objective. M.C. Myers there. He cites just so many character names. It yes. made us both very, very happy. Yes, Go check out our Six Degrees of MMO chain over there on Twitter at MM and Oscar. Go Do seek it. that out. And go check out M.C. Myers' book. He is the winner of the, the longest author for this week. <laughs> Certainly. We do have a winner, though, overall, Michael. Zoe Kravitz is related to Jason Momoa. We found this out. And Mark Burgundy at the One Hanson is also driving this home for us because Jason Momoa was in Baywatch Hawaiian Wedding. Unbelievable. (laughs) That's how this starts. Someone in Baywatch also had a Hawaiian wedding, Mike. Yeah. In a Baywatch property, I guess, is Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. He had a Hawaiian wedding. He sure did. He's in the remake of Baywatch. (laughs) I love that double connection. Dwayne Johnson has appeared on SmackDown and Raw. SmackDown vs. Raw 2011 featured Paul F. Tompkins as the voice of a trainer. I didn't even know that. Can you believe that? That's outstanding. This is your favorite thing ever. It's playing right to me. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) It's efficient. There's a wrestling and a Baywatch reference, and the way he got to that Baywatch, I mean, this is just next level. That is spectacular. And that is that is deep digging, and that is a very, very worthy win by Mark Burgundy at the One Hanson. Congratulations. You are the winner of all things Six Degrees of MMO this week. You have the bragging rights, and for the final time, you will be sitting on that leather throne that has propelled its way up into the stratosphere with Mike and I wearing <laughs> ghost masks and jester hats uh, attached to it while the FBI comes and seeks it out. Uh, I, I don't remember what we landed on last week, but do we have any and-thens to, to add on to this for the well, last time? From last time, it was rocketing into space. Right. It was going on the up and up. So now they're in space, but they're transparent so they can breathe in space. Mm-hmm. They catch up with Brad Pitt on the world-saving <laughs> mission 
from Ad Astra. Right. Because that's really going on unbeknownst to sure. us. Sure. And then to, as a way to put the finale on this, since we're starting a new chair next week, mm. Jason X uh, from spa- uh, for the, from his deal in space just comes and kills everybody. So I'm sorry. Good job, oh, Mark no. Burgundy. But you that's sentence Mark Burgundy <laughs> to a fictional death? I, I apologize. But yes, that's my artistic license that I'm taking. Because with one <laughs> space movie is also another space movie reality. Yes. And all this, space movies are in the same universe. In space. Yes. Really going on. Absolutely. They're yeah. really real. Mm-hmm. And you're Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> You might as well be. Yes, absolutely. Wow. That's true. That's so uh, Michael, what do we have for a Six Degrees of MMO challenge for next so week? So we got a couple big movies coming out that we're going to see and review. I think it's safe to go one to the next person here. So I'm just going to do it with a quick cursory look. And yes, sir, I'm okay. All right. Cynthia Revo is going to be the, the star-making performance, if not uh, an Oscar nominated performance sure. from Harriet. Mm-hmm. So she is playing Harriet Tubman. We can't wait to see her in this. Absolutely. And Taika Watiti is coming out with this what looks like to be a major Oscar contender. She has not been in any of his movies, I don't think. Cynthia Arrivo to Taika Watiti. Have at it. That is your challenge for this week of six degrees of MMO. Let's move into kind of a lengthy box office update. We got a lot of news to cover here. So there's a new overhaul of box office mojo. What do you think of it so far? Well, as a white male, Michael, I uh, <laughs> I fear change. So obviously I hate it. Uh, but seriously, I I I think it's a lot more difficult to navigate and find things that I was looking for previously. I know I don't it's, have budgets for sure. I'm like hoping. I yeah, I, I'm hoping this is all just us not being used to the layout. And I'm hoping they didn't take away information because it seems like they might have, like you just said, and that's not good. <laughs> I didn't find budgets th- yeah. today when I was looking for stuff. So I I, I'm not crazy about it, but I'll reserve judgment until I'm more familiar with the layout. This is not a box office story next up here, but Watchmen drew a 1.5 million viewership for its premiere. Have you watched this? No, I haven't watched it yet. Are you a Watchmen fan? I like the movie. I bought the Watchmen comics, but I've never read it. Okay. I, bought, I bought like a big, you know, graphic novel version of it. I, I feel like it. it's something that I would like, but I've just never, I don't know anything about it other than the smiley face. It's a really cool way to tell a comic book story. It's very inventive to this day. It's innovative. And right. I don't know how they're approaching the series at all. So no, I'm out of the loop on this, but it's that's those are big numbers. Well, it's wild also that in TV, as it stands right now, that one million viewers constitutes a big viewership because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were just a couple years ago, half a decade ago, like three million viewers was like a, a big job for a cable TV show, cable mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. And now we're about half that as far as gloating about the numbers. So it's I just crazy it, to see where television is. I heard it did very well on VOD too. So I don't know if that's included or if it just made, you know, another couple million yeah. on VOD in terms of on demand HBO. They were releasing very positive buzz about it. Crazy. But it looks like it's going to have staying power for HBO, depending on if the budget is, you know, enormous right. or not. I have no idea. It's good to see, though. Yeah, good absolutely. To see HBO having another hit on their hands, perhaps. All right, so let's get into this week's box office. Number one was the Joker eking out a victory over Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. I hate that title. <laughs> 18.9 for Joker, 18.5 for Maleficent. 849 current standing for Joker, 93.5 for Maleficent. I can't even say it. I tried to say it normally on that time. Well, was that an honest attempt? I thought I you were just going to say it normally. And my All brain right. just went to the lisp again. Um, I have issues. <laughs> Joker's doing well, huh? Because Highest grossing R movie of all time. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not Being bad. We're going to get it. Right? Especially for something that uh, we had reporting on last week that the Hollywood Reporter said WB purposely tried to undercut their budget so mm-hmm. Todd Phillips wouldn't make the movie, but that didn't work, and now they have a billion-dollar property on their hand almost. It's going to get close probably at the yeah. end of the day. I was talking about it a couple of weeks back. Like if the foreign box office comes in, mm-hmm. it's going to hit a billion. Well, it's going to hit over $900 million pretty quick, uh, at least a week and a half from now probably, if not after this week. Right. So it's going to be inching close to that $1 billion mark, depending on how long it stays in theaters. Mike, to round out the top five, Adam's Family, Double Tap, Countdown, uh, Black and Blue, Gemini Man, I guess to say the top seven there. Adam's Family, 11, Zombieland, 11, Countdown, 9, Black and Blue, 8, Gemini Man. Huge bomb at this point. It's going to lose at least $75 million. If you're Ang Lee, would you ever do another studio picture? Wouldn't you do like five indies in a row right now just to get your mojo back? But he's kind of like 
Scorsese, and he's kind of like Zemeckis and where he needs the technology. He's like a guy who's really into the technology of it all. He's into so it, he yeah, but I don't know that he needs it. I mean, he wants the financing yeah. to try and innovate the technology. So if he's not going to get a big budget, I don't know how interested he is. It, or I guess he's just got he's just got to do the Brokeback Mountain thing, and he's got to make an right. art film, and he's got to make right. a, just a damn good movie again. I, I, I would root for that. For his career as well. So, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for to see out of him. Uh, the only other comment I have out of that top seven is Adam's family going on to do nearly $100 million domestically is yeah, not something I would have predicted. Solid so far. Yeah. The Lighthouse came in at eighth place with $3 million at 586 theaters. That's okay. That's yeah, solid. Not, bad. not great. I, I guess I wouldn't expect a movie like The Lighthouse to do humongous no, booming business. No. So, if it makes money for the, for the studio at the end of the day, I'm happy. Parasite made $1.8 to give you a comparison. Lighthouse made three at 586. Parasite made 1.8 at 33. They've done a masterful job marketing that. It's the same thing I said last week. I think once that thing goes wider and wider, you're going to see it do numbers over here, which is going to be a big story into itself. Already is 4.1 domestic total, 97 worldwide yep. total already because yep. it did gangbusters overseas. So look out, Parasite's going to expand and continue to do well, it seems. Jojo Rabbit was 1 million at 55 theaters. That's strong. I would have thought it would have been better, actually. I mean, to be honest with you, I think, what, $1 million at 55 theaters? That's like $20,000 a theater? That's not huge. I wonder if mainstream's going to be more into that movie than just the, the city uh, going on. Yeah, maybe. Let's I don't see. know. It's going to be interesting to keep an eye on, for sure. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though, it got its re-release. There's four new scenes, only 550 k at 1,674 locations, so that was a bomb. Surprised at that, uh, I also think the story which cited that, the Deadline story, kind of buried the lead because they said that it's been established that Leo's going to be run as a best actor and Brad Pitt is going to be run as a supporting actor, yeah. which is the important stuff I took out of it. I, I think the re-release game is just, I, I don't like it. I really think it's kind of underhanded by the studio. I understand doing it for marketing purposes. If you're just going to re-release the, the movie, if it wasn't early, like how Get Out was just re-released. I get that. But if you're going to re-release it by adding in new content, I hate that. I'm against making that movie longer, let's just say. And I know <laughs> that was like my biggest issue with it. I mean, the movie lagged at times. And even as much as I loved it, yeah. it still kind of lagged at times. And that was like holding it back from being an A movie for me where I, I give it a high A-. minus, But... So that, that was my biggest problem with it. So I, I'm curious to see it again and, and see the, the re-release. I'll, I'll see it all, bottom line. Yeah, but yeah. I was a little upset. And Sony's got to be bummed out, especially after the China news. Yeah, no doubt there. And it's going to be, they need that to break 375. They got to make money off it. So it did uh, not, another thing to keep an eye on. Who knows? Maybe it was just the, 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 the week, first week. I doubt that. But maybe I'll get up to that. As many people are going to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as they saw. That's I mean, seen, they're already yeah. seen it. I mean, right. It's simple. I know personally, I mean, I, I physical media being what it is, but I'm checking often for it to come out on Blu-ray because I want to own it. But, it's going to be soon. Yeah. It's going to be soon. All right. Let's go into some trailer thoughts. Trailer thoughts. Just a handful of trailers, Michael. The Grudge, which starring John Cho, Andrea Riesboro couple other big name actors and actresses that i can't remember off the top of my head <laughs> yeah the premise is that this is the grudge damian bashir sorry <laughs> all right january 3rd it's coming out it's the grudge we like the trailer it looked creepy looks spooky it, they're keeping in the exact same shot from every version of the grudge ever right with the main character taking a shower and having the hand come out of the back of their head that was super creepy i thought the jump scares and the editing was kind of weird and i liked it yeah it's like really you know just erratic so I thought that was I was into that. It seems like more of a haunted house motif this time than it does a ghost story. Yeah, what's the difference between this and Sinister? Uh, uh, like good point. The yeah. ghost follows you. Or Insidious, which yeah. is the James Wan movie. It's not the house that's haunted. It's the boy. <laughs> which is good. It, it's a good movie. It works. But what's the difference here? Uh, I don't know. Who's copying who? <laughs> Are they copying The Grudge? Or did The Grudge retroactively do something different? I don't remember The Grudge movies, even though I saw the Japanese version and... The regular version. Yeah. I disliked them. Both. I did not like. Them. I didn't never seen the Japanese one. The Sarah Michelle Gellar one. I was not crazy about. No, it was terrible. Yeah, so man, I, I mean, it was a hit. Right, people love it. Right, so who knows? Maybe this will. Uh, so it does seem grittier. It does seem less cartoonish than the uh, the Sarah Michelle Gellar one. So interested to see it. Another January release. January is going to have some uh, hits and going to have some not hits. <laughs> <laughs> we like the cast, though. At least I'll say sure. that. Sure. Bloodshot Mike. All right, so we got the premise here of Taken, except Liam Neeson is a super soldiered up Vin Diesel, and the guy who kills his wife is actually placed 
in his memory by Guy Pierce, who's manipulating Vin Diesel to kill all the people that Pierce needs killed. So dramatic irony to have that be Guy Pierce. I, I'm not going to spoil yeah. it. Yeah. But all right, yeah. it is. Did they de-age Vin, or is he looking Diesel again? Yeah, he looks a little looks jacked good. up, huh? He's jacked up. He's got that got the jawline again after, you know, too many cookouts with the family, I would say. <laughs> you know, I've had too many cookouts with the family. I've been dying losing all this weight. Ever but. since The Rock forgave him, maybe that's like he gave him purpose again. He's like, I'm going to hit the gym. So The Rock. Right. As all things. Doing, yeah. Okay, so that's this is The Rock's goes. credit. <laughs> That's that's what I chalk everything up to. I'm kind of in for this. Thank movie. you, Rock. Aren't you in for this movie in a weird way? No. It doesn't. <laughs> Why look are you cool? in for this? I saw it. I don't understand. What? I don't get it. It because looks like an action it movie. Takes one of the finales of one of my favorite weird movies of all time. One of my favorite indie movies of all right. time. Right. And it's making the premise of this film. So I like that. I, it really excites me. And you got, you know, you got Vin Diesel being an action hero again. It's got cool visuals where, like, right. the bullet goes through him and he's got this army of, like, parasites, essentially, in his body, aiding him and fixing him and healing him. I guess if you're going to make him, like, an invincible hero, yeah. you got to have that little twist on it where he's being manipulated. Mm-hmm. So I like that. All right. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's coming out February 21st. It could go either way, I would say. All right. I don't think I'll ever see it. But uh, you're in for this next movie. I am though. in for Antlers, which is tra- uh, their second trailer for the movie Antlers, Antlers we had. Uh, the premise, it's a wordless follow-up trailer showing us more of the monsters who may reside within this film. So Antlers is getting an April 2020 release. This teacher, we've been over this. She should be reporting this issue to a principal who's reporting this issue to the child <laughs> services, who's reporting this issue to the police, who's sending in a SWAT team to fight these yeah. dear zombie vampires. Yeah, there's a lot of jumps and in like, in lapses in judgment you have to accept to get to this point in this movie. Right, but mandatory reporting nullifies this plotline. Sure. Completely. Now, what it is, is Carrie Russell seems to be a teacher, and she's got this student who's got to like feed his family, his family is monsters apparently and this kid is like the most mature kid ever because very he capable. channels all of his nightmare into a story that he tells the class and he does it very well then that was the first trailer right. and this trailer we're seeing him like out in the wilderness getting dead skunks and mm-hmm. trapping animals mm-hmm. and a lot of agency with this kid he's very capable he's very mature for his age and guess who watched the wrong trailer by the way i watched the first trailer. oh you watched the first trailer yeah, i'm not gonna rewatch the same trailer. how was it uh it was good i wasn't he's capturing skunks to eat them to throw to his family members who are monsters dude yeah i just gave you all this credit as a mature little kid you're trapping the wrong animal well, he's trying to feed his family he's not a big kid he can't hide but get... the whole house is gonna stink yeah <laughs> well i think it's gonna stink anyway though no Got flesh-eating zombie flesh monsters eating in it deer zombies yeah i would agree all right that's it for the trailers this week we'll wrap up with a quick do you care care segment this is where we take news stories of the week we ask each other do we should we or will we care about them the way we start every do you care segment is i ask michael here i'll leave the adjectives aside since we're already running long thank god (laughs) about the upcoming theatrical releases and if we care about them we have arctic dogs going live in 3600 theaters harriet mother's brooklyn and terminator dark fate all open nationwide so uh, the last three i do care about the king i care about and jojo rabbit is the holdover i do care about motherless brooklyn more than i thought I was going to after Ed Norton's Bill Simmons interview on the Bill Oh, you li- I didn't podcast. listen to that. That's really good. And look, I mean, this is like a big kickoff to award season week for us. It's a big kickoff yeah. to award season week for the theatrical releases where we're going to be going to the theaters a lot, I think, where I'm going to be using my AMC A-list pass and Heath Ledger's gifts right now. And here we go, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's coming, Mike. Yeah. We keep talking about it every week. But and and to you know the the king I care about and and then that adopt a highway VOD Ethan Hawke movie I care about those two as well. I got to see six new movies this week. Holy shit! <laughs> I mean, good thing we're getting our movie watching muscles. Yeah, toned. flexing. Like, I'm getting them ready. We're getting our movie watching endurance going because we watched a ton last week. 
We got to do November is going to be a joke. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, Mike. A more serious story now. After a lot of levity on this show, I that we hate consider this. Levity. Yeah, I hate this. Harvey Weinstein's come out of hiding. Story on the Hollywood Reporter. Some it's been stories there. everywhere. BuzzFeed had a big write up about it. Actors Hour, which is a New York City event held every month to showcase young performers. Why he would show up to that specifically? I mean, read the fucking room, Harvey. But anyway, uh, Harvey Weinstein was seated at a table beside numerous young actors there was he was confronted by a couple young actresses Zoe Stuckless is a young actress she caused the scene yelling it's the very popular video on YouTube right wow. now saying why isn't anyone doing anything kind of just pointing at him pointing at him there was a uh, stand-up comedian going on and performing named Kelly Bachman who is a rape survivor and a victim uh, who God bless her I mean calling him out on stage with a microphone, there's people booing her in the video and she's just non-phased by it. She's not, I mean, she's keeping her calm and she's being very sarcastic about it. But yeah. really, I mean, reading in the right, I, I just, there's so many different feelings I have about this because I think the man needs help, clearly. I mean, Harvey Weinstein is a monster and he needs help. And if he's not willing to have that help, I firmly believe he should be behind bars for the rest of his life. All right. So let, let's say he is innocent. Let's say the crazy scenario, if he's innocent right. of all of these charges, why would you go out to I a place this public don't get it. and act this way? Hubris is the only explanation. And the so Hollywood Reporter. Either way, he's kind of a jerk. Right. And the Hollywood Reporter article makes it sound so much worse. Like he's learned absolutely nothing. There's this talks about this, this art. Right. Woman, this art dealer in there who's like in her 30s who he's trying to get out to dinner and he's basically trying to make a deal with her I'll buy your painting if you agree to go to dinner with me that's what the fuck are you talking about dude absolutely down. so you have yeah. like you have to go away for your own good and for society's good you're not learning anything you're still obviously abusing your power that's your go to your default you probably I mean he has a rape trial starting in January you have been accused by a lot of people you're probably guilty of something you, you probably where there's fire, there's probably more fire. Right. I guess you deserve to be in jail. Smoke. And he, he seems like a predator. He seems like a serial predator. Yeah, exactly. In this regard. So why is he even out on his own reconnaissance? Why do we have a justice system, Mike? You're a lawyer. Why do we have a justice system where he's out there right now? Because our justice system sucks. I mean, that's yeah, the that's, short that's answer. Terrible. If you have money and, and clout, you can. You don't have to. If especially powerful white dudes. I mean, it's it, it's a joke and sarcasm for a reason. These. Men don't have to pay the piper. And again, we don't like the whole gang mentality. We don't like groupthink. We don't like follow the leader. But if the Me Too movement is the only thing that has brought a monster like him to justice thus far and actually had him held his feet to the fire, well, I, that's a good thing, I think. Right. And I, I don't think it's an irresponsible take to say an innocent man wouldn't be out at a comedy club right now and an innocent man wouldn't be doing things like the whole... I'll buy your painting if you go out. Or at least somebody that's learned something from the fucking ordeal, no? Yeah. Like, he wouldn't be doing these things. It doesn't look good. It doesn't it doesn't look like he's innocent it, it, it never did right but what wtf it's just me it's like he's belligerent about it all it's, somebody said in the in the hollywood reporter article it was like a sad attempt to you know rekindle his old life and, and everybody was just like really down on it i i don't know it's, it makes no sense yeah. why he's out I, out there i, I... And I mean, there's, I, I, there's a billion other takes I have. I don't, I don't want to get well done. I hate talking about this stuff. I hate that it comes up. But it's a huge story. He right deserves now. Yeah. to be held accountable for Absolutely. his shit. I'm Absolutely. sorry. Can't All right. agree more. We got two kind of happier yeah. stories. End on end on lighter notes here, Mike. Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings Amazon series finally cast its main villain. Cold hands from Game of Thrones? Are you kidding me? This is a great choice. None Joseph, of what you just said means anything to Joseph me. Joseph <laughs> Maul. I think uh, I think the Stark brother here, uh, Uncle Benjamin, <laughs> is and, and, and I guess I, I put through a Game of Thrones spoiler out there. You don't care. Most of our people don't care. What is? How is he cold hands? Why is that a thing? Well, he's Cold Hands in the show, but nobody ever called him Cold Hands. It's a big book character. But they're two separate characters in the books, Benjamin Stark and Cold Hands, so as far as we know. Okay. In the, in the movie, they kind of made him, in the show, they made him one character. I think he played a pretty good undead man in the show. I, I thought he was really cool, so I could see how he could be a an evil guy. I mean, he, is he Sauron? I don't know. I'm in. I'm in for this show. I can't wait. I hope it's 22 episodes of geeky, oh, nerdy 
wonderfulness. I can't wait. Uh, I hope it's everything you need it to be, man. <laughs> Mike, this was a strange story that I, I added at the wire today before we recorded. The Rise of Skywalker is tracking as the low for the lowest box office of a third movie in a trilogy in the Star Wars saga. I mean, it's happened three times now. So it's tracking below Return of the Jedi, I guess adjusted for inflation, and tracking below Revenge of the Sith. Can right. Now, that? first of all, logistically and statistically, don't weep for Star Wars because tracking low still means a $200 million domestic opening, according to Slash Film. So that's, okay. you know, that's the top whatever for all time for the year. Sure. Uh, not a lot of films have opened at that mark. It's... Curious, though, certainly, that this, the final chapter of this saga, would be opening at the lower rate than some other previous iterations. And no wonder if it's like the residue of... Last the, Jedi pissing off a lot of people. Well, I wasn't even going to say that. I mean, that's that's probably part of it. But also, the I wonder if people, the Star Wars fans, are over the solo Rogue One, that's still one movie every year saga that Disney was trying to cram down everyone's throats when they first got the license. I heard a lot of movements saying, make Scar, Star Wars scarce again. You know, make it yeah. again, making it eventful again. Right. And I think Disney's been trying to do that with the like the lapse between sure. this movie and, and you know, the Mandalorian. They did give us a bit of a lapse. Now, is it that long of a lapse? No, it's not years. It's no, months. not at all. It's still right. Just months. So or maybe it's been a year. Uh, anyway, Mike, I think this is a little scary to me. I I was hoping that this would kind of validate last yeah. Jedi. Yeah, I, I thought this was gonna be Massive. I mean, especially you would think a lot of Marvel fans are Star Wars fans. I mean, I it's how well Endgame did. If that's the final chapter in a saga, I would have thought this because it has decades more fans attached to the movies mm-hmm. would be. I, wouldn't, I didn't think it was going to do Endgame numbers, but I thought it was going to blow the box office out of the water. Having it be a disappointment at all to me is shocking. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll see what the numbers wind up with. But we're upset because we really liked The Last Jedi. I loved The Last Jedi. Absolutely adored it. But we really get upset at some people, some trolls, who hated The Last Jedi. Because the reasons for why they hated it and why they said they hated it are are just dead wrong. And, and, you know, it's kind of low-hanging fruit to punch those sure. fruit off the trees you know but it's also low-hanging fruit to like attack harvey weinstein for being a douche right but some things or, need to be said and done we have to do it not comparing the I, I i'm tired of qualifying my statements of hate and rage that's right <laughs> good words of wisdom right yeah. there exactly guys uh that is it that is your week in preview at what if you titled all the things. episode that <laughs> that might be actually oh, that's no. a good idea um, <laughs> Uh, we want to know your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, as always, about anything we covered here in MMO Weekly and certainly anything else we do in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those and reach out to us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. So if you own an iPhone, if you have iTunes or use Apple Podcasts, if you can go into your podcast app, that little purple square with the white uh, rage sticking out of the middle of it, uh, tap on that, type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar into the search and submit. You'll be able to see our cartoon faces waving back at you. Tap on our logo there. Uh, if you could scroll down once, you see the opportunity to leave us five stars. Thank you for all of you who have. Thank you to all of you who will do that. It means a lot. Michael, what is coming next from MMO as we go into Halloween? And what are some words of wisdom if you have any more? Nope, your wisdom will suffice today. I think that's good. <laughs> if you Qualifying hate and rage is kind of a hot take there. And no longer is that necessary. That could be a slippery slope, though. Let's, let's it's a very slippery slope. All right, slope, so there's some wisdom. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't even let that be a joke because I was like, wait a minute. All right, fine. What's coming next? We got the second annual Scaries. This is our yes. horror movie award show. We do best of the year each year. We're going to continue this tradition with our second annual version of it. Last year, you can go click on our all the horror playlist, everything MMO horror related that I just created on SoundCloud yeah. that we just pitched on Twitter over the weekend. You can to find the, the latest Scaries. That's probably your quickest way of finding it, but you can scroll down our catalog and find it as well. That first episode, we did slashers last year, and we did some horror comedies, and 
haunting movies, but it was just only ghost hauntings. Okay. And then we did creature features. So we did four major genres. Oh, wow. We did that many. Okay. We did that many. This year, I think we're doing zombies, and I'm already four pages in All with, right. with zombies and 2019 films alone. So I might just do one more, and we're thinking about serial killers or possession movies. Mm. I was leaning towards one. You were leaning towards the other. You know, stay tuned. <laughs> Tune in. You'll see which one we do. But we're going to leave like vampires for a future year. Right. Otherwise, we got Oscar Race Checkpoint. We already pitched that this episode. And Jojo Rabbit are probably the next two episodes whenever we can get to them. Yeah, November's going to be loaded as always. So let's uh, soak in these last couple days of October and get right to it. Guys, when reality sucks, you can watch these movies with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you soon. Happy Halloween. (laughs) 